welcome to the newest episode of On That Note with Parker Whirling. Today's guest is a five-piece progressive rock band out of my hometown, Atlanta, Georgia. They put out an EP last year called Elsewhere, and they just put out a new single called Tarot. You gotta go check it out. Great psych rock vibes. Anyway, please welcome my guest, Rujin. What's up, man? How are you guys doing? Dude, pretty solid, man. How about yourself? Doing really solid. I love your studio space going on. Hey, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, it's a basement of our house, and it's sweet. Yeah, it's really big. It's really nice. Right on. So just introduce yourselves for a second. We got Charlie on the left and Creighton on the right. Who plays what? Yeah, uh, this is Creighton. I play uh, guitar, specifically lead guitar. Uh, Charlie, and uh, I play bass guitar. Nice. Thanks for mic checking him there. Yeah. <laughs> So we're recording this the day before your single. It will be coming out after it's already released. So I'm kind of excited to actually talk to you guys like the day before it comes out. How are you guys feeling? We're super, uh, super excited. It's um, actually almost just a year ago that we released our first um, EP. Tarot has been a song that we wrote. Uh, we started recording it in December and then kind of re-recorded a little bit of it um, in May. So it's been it's been a long time coming, so it'd be fun to put something out. Nice. So it's called Tarot. And yes, uh, yeah. I listened to it a handful of times. I got a sneak peek. I was really pumped. And I love it. What inspired the uh, artwork? I think it's really cool. So um, Ryan Miller, uh, the lead vocalist, rhythm guitarist of Rujin, he, he does the majority of our artwork. Um, he actually works for Turner Sports doing graphic design for them so um he's a huge asset for us and the picture for tarot was inspired based on the day tarot was written um if you look at the picture there's like leaves and stuff kind of swirling around on the front it was we were in east atlanta at what festival was it creighton uh eav strut it was an eav strut in um east atlanta village and we had just seen this band um suede cassidy uh shout out to our friends uh jeremiah and Ian, um, good guys. And um, we were walking over to see this band, Buckhead Shaman. And before they started, the the sky kind of broke out, and the like a storm kind of came out of nowhere. And the wind started blowing, and like the sky broke open, and it was orange and dark, and it, it was really cool actually. But um, the festival had to shut down, of course, because of the weather. But um, it was such a cool event, though, seeing the wind and the the storm come up out of nowhere that. It inspired Ryan to write the lyrics, so. Gotcha. And the lyrics really go with the the artwork itself. The lyrics are pretty straightforward. Um, well, the chorus goes like, distant memories um, will take you back right where you're supposed to be. If you're in a moment that you might not seem so sure of the outcome, you can kind of look to the past, remember a fond memory, and kind of use that warmness to carry you into the future. That's beautiful. What was the writing and recording process for it? How did you start the song? Because I talk to a lot of artists who are usually like just one person or maybe two people, but you guys are a five-piece band. Do you write all together or does somebody kind of bring something to the table and everybody works on it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we've kind of always had the, the, the same process. So Ryan and I started writing stuff together back in college. And um, uh, when he started writing lyrics, it was a combination of both of us. Um, and it, 
it it's pretty much always been that way. Ryan's recently probably written more than I have, but um, for example, like on the EP, he and I wrote New York and why um, we probably wrote like fifty fifty together, um, kind of bounced off each other. Elsewhere um, was mostly stuff for me, and then um, Deep End, Tarot, Luna. Those are almost all Ryan. Most of the new stuff's been Ryan. He's kind of been on a little bit more than a role than I have. <laughs> hey, that's okay. It's good to have somebody who can, you know, pick the ball up when the other person needs to focus on something else, you know. It's good sure, to have yeah. that that gel between five different people, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. And um, with my stuff, I usually, it's kind of just like a stream of consciousness based on some sort of experience that I'm in at the time or reflecting on. And I usually have a hard time like turning that into a song. Um, so Ryan almost always takes my stuff and puts it into melodies, um, which is nice. Cause I don't have to come up with that part of it. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And it's easier cause he's singing it too. So he can sing to his strengths and that sort of thing. He really enjoys like having other people's words and getting inspired by those and then kind of turning that into a song. It's almost like finding, you know, somebody else's poetry and be like, oh, cool, I can turn this into a song and it's still ours. Yeah, how do you feel about um, somebody using their voice on your words when you work with him on that? Is there, like, what's that energy like? Because that's got to be kind of an interesting thing to do to try to put your own voice on someone else's experience. It's pretty cool because sometimes I can send him stuff and he'll just get it immediately. And I'll be like, hey, yeah, this is kind of weird, like, do you need me to explain this for you? And most of the time he's like, no, I usually get this. And other times he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but he'll turn it into a song. Uh, so it's cool. But it, it it's almost always like a dialogue between us. Like I'll usually write something and then he'll usually tweak it a little bit too, based on my ideas or what he gets inspired by the words. Um, so yeah, it's cool to have him write it or him sing it too. Cause it's kind of like I kind of birth something and then it's like handing it off. That's cool. Co-parenting this. Yeah, this thing. exactly. <laughs> um, Loon is our top streaming song right now on Spotify. And that was, um, I came up with the chord progression and I brought it to Ryan and the rest of the band. And at first I think y'all were like, Oh, it sounds too much like a Coldplay song or something. So, <laughs> but then hey, I we love Coldplay, bro. Yeah. yeah nothing man, wrong I, I don't know what the, I don't know what that was supposed to mean, but anyway, um, <laughs> anyway i love coldplay so anyway that we we reworked we reworked luna a little bit and before the um internet crash i think i was saying how i came up with like a chord progression and i sent ryan the chords and we like he added a chord in the verse and then we took out a chord in the chorus so it's kind of like a split creative uh between both of us and um it worked out pretty well so I think we all have different influences. Um, Ryan, he's into like, I don't know, like, how do you describe Ryan's musical influences? He, um, when he and I first started playing together, he was listening to a lot of like grunge and like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and all that. So he, he definitely brought a little bit more of the edge, which I didn't have at all. I was listening to like John Mayer and Jack Johnson and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, taking it easy. Yeah, exactly. So, which ended up kind of being a cool collaboration because, like, he brought a little bit more edge to uh, our sound, and then I kind of brought a little bit more mellow sound. And so, was there a different approach you guys took between doing the album or the EP and doing this new single, Tarot? 
it was for the most part our process was the same like we recorded uh the ep at home and recorded tara at home for tara we we've actually we've kind of been working on what we were hoping to be an album but um with covid it's kind of getting a little more extended um so we're trying to like do a bunch of songs kind of on the same field the same idea but this was the first song that we recorded of what we considered to be we're working on an album um but the ep where we recorded um over the course of like a year and we were recorded our practice space up in marietta um oral drummer michael cornwall um, we used to practice at his parents place um so we would record drums up there and then record everything else down here um, and i was running everything through ableton um, at the time because my roommate at the time um it's actually pure colors he um he's like an electronic music producer um so it's like okay cool i'll get a DAW that somebody else is familiar with so we're recording everything into that and then um we shipped it off to jason kingsland um he's a local atlanta producer um yeah i wanted to ask you about him because i saw that he mixed or worked on a deer hunter album which i love deer hunters so i was like that's sick you guys worked with him yeah yeah so he um he engineered um that fading frontier which is really really good album um and i think he also worked on his most recent album too uh, but yeah, the reason we went with Jason is because he, yeah, he's worked with Deer Hunter, um, Carl Bromel, I think is how you say his last name. He's from My Morning Jacket, um, Washed Out. So he's worked with a bunch of some of our favorite artists. So super excited to work with him. He's a local Atlanta guy. But yeah, so we, we worked with him on the EP and Tarot, so kind of similar process there. Um, the only thing we've done differently is just kind of upgrade some things, like um, upgraded drum kits, um, got some new guitars, some new microphones a little bit more equipment. Um, but for the most part, yeah, just recording at home, switch over to pro tools, um, which has been a lot easier. So that's over, that's over on the tech side of things. Um, I would say as far as like sonically, I would say tarot as a whole is more complex than the EP itself. Um, I would say that tarot is what, like four and a half minutes or Uh, I think it's just, just under under four minutes. So I think just under four minutes, we pack like, three or four cool little sections in there. And there's a lot of kind of left turns that we hit you with on this. Whereas the EP I think is a little more, um, I don't, I don't want to say basic, but kind of a basic form of our sound. So I would say it's a little more evolved and we're excited to get that out to, uh, the people. So, yeah, I, I kind of know what you're talking about there. I think basic isn't the word, but to me, I listened to the EP today and yesterday and it probably also because the, the last two songs are, uh, seven minutes each, it feels right. more expansive and you can take your time with each part and each song. Whereas tarot, I remember as soon as I heard it, I was like, Whoa, like this is a different level. There's a lot more going on in a shorter amount of time. You're like packing in all these little goodies for people to hear. Yeah, for sure. And that, that was definitely intentional. I know with the EP, it was very, um, I think the, um, Guillermo from uh, Immersive Atlanta called it like cinematic, which is totally true. Like we, we went yeah. for like kind of a, a big, almost expansive sound, um, longer songs, which is kind of the songs that we were writing at the time. And for a while before that, like most of our songs were like eight minutes long. They had like a long jam in them. Um, and then this one we were like, okay, like how can we really, and almost that wasn't intentional. That was just kind of us just enjoying the music and be like, oh, cool. Like we like this progression. Let's just ride this out. <laughs> um, or like we wanting to like put a bunch of different parts into one song where this one was like, 
the first of a couple of songs we've been writing recently we're like okay how can we kind of condense it down a little bit more um because like if you listen to like obviously like the beatles and stuff like that they have songs that are like two minutes long but they feel like they're pretty long it's like how do they construct these songs with like an intro you know a couple verses choruses and it's like a minute 30 long um so just kind of studying some of the, that music and be like how do they condense such concise cool ideas into such a small song I'm trying to challenge yourself to do that do you have any beatles records or albums that are like really big inspirations for you guys recently i've been listening to a lot of um abbey road because i don't know if you listen to the 2019 mix uh um, i don't think i have heard the newest mix yeah so um george martin's son remixed it it's phenomenal it's so cool it's basically like a modern as if you're listening to abbey road if it was recorded in 2019 it's it's really really cool i recommend checking it out but yeah so i've been listening to that album a lot um especially when we're writing tarot so some of my guitar parts might be influenced i don't know if they're audible <laughs> but um yeah i listened to a lot of george harrison stuff like that at the time yeah you definitely have some george harrison type licks in there i was listening this one is like this song there's a lot of crazy cool guitar things you do like you do you like record yourself plugging it in at one point at the end <laughs> and like there's like this explosion sound and it sounds like you're like reverbing out this plug in or... yeah that's hilarious you caught that um that was actually because i the final take we actually inserted like right before we sent it off to get mixing we actually had a different guitar part there i was playing more chords through some like a bunch of effects um but i was like ah, i feel like it kind of needs a little bit more like edge a little bit more grit so we recorded that just before we called it the final mix and when i did that take i would probably done like 15 takes of like just improvising on that and i like thought i screwed up my effects so i just like slammed my guitar i was like damn it that wasn't the one <laughs> and then ryan was like no that was the one so that that actually noise is me just going damn it <laughs> that's awesome happy yeah. accident yeah exactly right? <laughs> Dude, you gotta love those man that's so funny uh, and I'm, i heard it i was like that's definitely something like that like you can't plan that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly those are those cool moments that it's like yeah i keep recording like keep that stuff yeah it's cool right so uh i saw you guys played at vinyl at center stage not too too long ago before all this mess uh what was that experience like i love that venue being from atlanta myself i was pretty pumped to see that y'all played there what was that experience like yeah that was awesome we um i think that was our second time playing at the vinyl yeah the first time we played vinyl was i think the year prior in august and it was kind of a pop-up show we had played the week earlier at the earl and we kind of received an email out of the blue from the um who's who's booking over at oh, rival i think yeah, rival or was it zero anyway anyway <laughs> we got an email from some booking people from vinyl asking us to open for particle kid who is willie nelson's son um well so that that was a cool experience we got to meet him in the band and but then we got invited back we set up the show at um vinyl i think it was a friday in january mm -hmm. um that was a lot of fun um we we headlined that night and i think we had a pretty solid turnout we had some good bands open for us we had our friends fever green um and our friends semicircle play and uh, they're both great bands from atlanta we, I think we debuted, I think we played Tarot that night as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was a solid show. That was the last, one of the last shows we played before, um, you know, the coronavirus kind of destroyed the music industry. What is the music scene like in Atlanta? Cause I didn't really 
start getting super into making music until after I left, uh, which is sad. But uh, I did want to ask you about that. It's really cool because Atlanta is very dynamic as far as like it doesn't like obviously it's got the rap scene, which is probably it's like namesake um, globally. Like whenever touring artists come through, they always talk about Atlanta being the capital of that. But in the, the like EIV scene, there's like, you know, post punk is pretty big. There is like quite a bit of psychedelic rock, kind of like our genre, mm-hmm. um, bunch of a couple of indie rock. Um, yeah, Atlanta's just huge. Like we're always like finding new bands in Atlanta that we've never heard of that are awesome bands um they're just like popping up on ig or stuff like that instagram (laughs) yeah um there's different pockets of towns which you know have different venues where different bands are more likely to play where like i'll say that masquerade they um they'll book any genre pretty much so you'll you'll see like you'll see like bad baby that girl who's like catch me outside how about that like you'll see her do a rap show there and then you'll see like like Denzel Curry or some like like SoundCloud rapper do a show for the next night or something. So um, different different venues kind of have different pull as far as genres go, but it's very diverse. Um, like Creighton was saying, Atlanta's like the mecca of hip hop in the world. Essentially, everyone knows who the Migos are. Like everyone in their grandma does. Um, it's hip hop's huge here, but there's also like Creighton said, there's a big kind of psychedelic rock scene, big kind of hardcore scene too i would say um there's some metal going on too like mastodon's from here oh yeah that's right they are i forgot about mastodon uh my old boss actually sold some petrified wood to uh the mastodon drummer last summer some petrified wood (laughs) yeah it looks pretty cool you gotta sit it out for a while and it eventually looks like like a glass table kind of thing and you can put some uh chemicals on it and shine it all up make it look nice and sell it for a lot of money oh that sounds cool yeah fun little fact but um yeah i love the music scene in atlanta there's a lot there's a lot going on um there's a lot of i mean you can drive you can hear people playing music it's just a lot of a lot of stuff's happening and it's very vibrant very lively city it's cool too having um athens pretty close too right um there's a ton of bands who like kind of migrate between atlanta and athens um have you guys ever played there we played there once a long time ago we played in athens at this bar called like the goat bar which i think is no longer a thing but um we were actually not called rusian back then we were under the name kiva this was back in the millageville days like circa 2015 2014 uh, it might have been 2016, 2015, yeah, 2015, I think, yeah. No, that was a fun show. That was a blast. Um, we were playing more covers back then with probably solid amount of originals mixed in, but we had a good, fun crowd. Yeah, that was the last time we played Athens, but we're trying to get back in there. We've been trying to play, like, the Caledonia Lounge or, like, the 40 Watt or hopefully one day the Georgia Theater. That would be a dream come true. I've heard great things about the 40 Watt. Yeah, 40 Watt's great. I saw Kurt Vile there. It's one of oh, my favorite cool. shows. Yeah, it was awesome. It was like a Friday night. I was We were in school at Millageville at the time, and Nick Hanchi, who plays keys with us, um, he and I went up and saw that. Real Estate was playing the next night, but I had to go home. and. Oh, man. That would have been cool. I know. I had to go home and write a paper, and now I'm like, does it? I probably could have been fine with that. <laughs> I love his War on Drugs album, the, uh, the whatever his newest War on Drugs album was. 
yeah yeah he um yeah he's been putting on music um i think his last album he did a couple songs with um oh who's that producer he did the uh sound and color i'm drawing a blank the alabama shakes album yeah the sound and color um uh the guy who produced it yeah i want to say shane something We'll probably just look uh, it up later. It's yeah, all good. You, you cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Well, I think this is going to take us to the last five. I'm just going to ask you guys five questions, and you can answer as short or as long as you'd like. All right. Cool. Let's go. All right. Number one, in the studio or playing live? Ooh. You want to go first? Um, live, without a doubt, is my favorite place to play music. Um, I think live is where... After a show, I get a feeling that's kind of unmatched by anything else thus far. So kind of keeps me going, keeps me motivated. What about you, Creighton? Yeah, mine's definitely live. Just because um, we record most of our parts individually. So it almost oh, feels okay. like we're just playing to ourselves. <laughs> so definitely live just for that, you know, really making music together. That energy. Yeah. Nice. All right, number two. What's your favorite decade of music? 60s. See, I would I would want to say seventies, like classic seventies, but I would say that probably twenty tens. I want to say, yeah, I think man. there's a lot of solid live music, <laughs> a lot of solid innovations in uh, modern sound going on right now, and I think it's only going up from here. I agree. I also would say sixties and twenty tens. If I had to pick, just because I don't know if it's like I'm biased to say twenty tens, but I do think that there was a lot of crazy shit going on in that decade that was not done before at all totally yeah i feel like that's me just like being biased to older music but i feel like yeah 20 years from now i'm like oh man 2010 was so good <laughs> right yeah i still love 2010 okay number three what's on your musical rotation i'm a foreman for a landscape company and we only have radio in our car and we're driving around atlanta so my technician Joe likes hip hop and rap, so we're listening to like ninety-seven-nine, which is like old school nineties hip hop, or like uh, more modern hip hop, like one hundred three point three in Atlanta. That's just when I'm working. But um, when we get to the sites, I'll throw on my headphones. Um, I like I have this Nugs.net app, which gives you live recordings of bands that play. I listen to a lot of like kind of jam band music, so I'll see like, oh, what did umphreys mcgee play last night and i could check it out on this nugs app um that's that's been a lot in my rotation and i also like kind of like lo-fi hip-hop chill beats that's kind of like my vibe lately the youtube playlist oh yeah yeah keep it streaming yeah that's what i listen to (laughs) when i work Uh, it's either chill hop like jazz hop stuff um or yeah, I listen to a lot of classical when I work, which has actually been nice because I try to listen to stuff that I'm not going to overanalyze when I'm trying to work. So those are both pretty good ones. But um, yeah, my heavy rotation would probably be, um, I'll probably listen to jazz the most, actually. Oh, um, cool. So I listen to, yeah, like 50s, 60s jazz. Um, but if I'm not listening to that, yeah, huge Beatles fan. Um, they're always playing. And then modern stuff, yeah, like My Morning Jacket. Um Tame Impala, I try not to over-listen. A lot of my favorite bands, I try not to like listen to their albums too much so I can keep that like raw experience. Yeah, I totally understand. I say that, but then they show up as my top every year. <laughs> like, I feel like I'll listen to the album three times. <laughs> yeah, nah, there's nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah. Having your favorites. 
All right, number four, who's your dream artist or producer to work with? I remembered his name now. Sean Everett. Shout out, Sean Everett. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's a super cool guy. Um, yeah, he produced Sound and Color. He has some Kurt Vile stuff. Um, yeah, he's just a super cool guy, and he's very experimental. He's done a lot of – he works with some up-and-coming artists. He's pretty big time now. Um, I would say uh, Jake Sininger. Uh, he's a lead guitarist of Umphreys McGee, and he's got this sick studio up in Michigan that I would just love to go up for like a weekend and like lay down some tracks. I forgot how much of an Umphreys McGee fan you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I definitely listened to some of the stuff you sent me the first time I met you, and I really liked it, but I need to get myself back into them. I also dug that playlist you sent me. I think it was called like cosmic something or i forget yeah you sent me some playlist i'm talking about what you sent me you sent me a playlist oh, you had a bunch of cool sorry stuff you on broke there. up there so i was like i don't know <laughs> oh yeah no it was like some playlist you had a bunch of like synth wave stuff on there you had um the honeybee something or like the oh spirit of the beehive spirit of the beehive yeah okay last question what is your dream atlanta venue that you want to play Mine would be Tabernacle. Yeah, Tabernacle. <laughs> Yo, that's mine, no doubt. Tabernacle yeah. is the best venue in Atlanta. For uh, sure. Hands down. Um, the three floors, you can get a different perspective on every level. I've had so many great times at the Tabernacle. Yeah, definitely, hands down, Tabernacle. For those who don't know, it's like a cathedral, right? It was like an abandoned cathedral, and they just turned it into this beautiful music venue. Yeah, it's sweet. Yeah, I know the floor collapsed a couple years yeah, ago. Panic during at Panic the at the Disco. Right, yeah, right. Panic <laughs> at the Disco. That must have been a wild show. For real. I can't believe the floor collapsed. Did anybody get hurt? No, I think everyone's okay. I think um, I think I Write Sins, Not Tragedies might have bumped a little too hard that night. Probably. The floor just happened to collapse. but Bro, that's terrifying. <laughs> but that's, kind rock, of awesome. that's rock and roll right there. Well, Rujin, thanks for coming on, Charlie and Creighton. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk with me about your old music, your new single, and what's to come. For sure. Thanks so much, Parker. Yeah, Parker, thanks Thanks for the invite, man. Awesome. Rujin, thanks again for coming on, and I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah.